I'll be honest with you, Justin. I'm surprised you're here. No? Now, now, what do I mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Justin, you just <laughs> had the past three months off from work. Uh, and this past week, you're back working with high school kids, changing their lives. You're like the guy from that movie. You know? Robin Williams, Dead Poet Society. Uh, do yeah, you get, yeah, yeah. Are, is there like, I imagine you have to do like teacher meetings before every yep. year. Is there yeah, like a competition uh, between all the the teachers in your department? Like who's going to make the kids like stand on their desk and pledge their loyalty? I've never seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> 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 being like, I, I pledge to live in the moment first. Is there like a competition to see who does that? Who can get that to happen? Not quite. Like, you know, that the I don't want to like reference the, the movie Bad Teacher with uh, Emma Stone, Cameron, Cameron Diaz. You're thinking of Easy A. Easy A. I'm thinking of Easy A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say, like, every teacher's a bad teacher, but, like, I think most people got to realize that the first few days of school, most teachers are also treading water. It's not like, you know, you wake up and all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm ready for the year right now. Like, yes. like that's not, like, the normal, like, teacher response to it. So, really, you sit at the meeting, and, like, what we, we should be doing at, at, like, new teacher meetings is you should just look around and, like, see what you don't want your students to be doing and then assume that all the teachers will be doing that. Like, they'll, sure, they'll be on their sure. computers, like, not listening to the lecture that's going on. They'll be, like, giggling with their friends in the back of the auditorium. Like, it happens. So if the students do it, the teachers do it as well because we're in that same mind space. Um, but, yeah, so officially, the you know, I've been dealing with the students the past few days. Yeah. And, uh uh, you know, it's it's to feel everyone out. I, I think the, probably the most accurate sketch or the most accurate teacher thing is the Key and Peele substitute teacher. The first couple days of school as you're trying to, like, learn every learn kid's name, name and say it correctly. Because <laughs> um, nothing is worse than, like, getting to the end of, like, a student, like a, a student's about to graduate. You've known them for four years. You've actually been close with them. And then they tell you that you've been saying their name incorrectly all four years. And you're like... Oh, but it's always like they might just say their name to someone and you're like, wait a second, I've been yeah. saying it wrong this whole time. And you just feel horrible. Um, and then you just have to realize that you've done that for like so many students. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, you know, I I worked in at DGS with you for, for several years and um, you do know the kids names for the year. And I don't know if this is like this for you. I imagine it's a little bit different because you know them for four full years and like you see them more often. But like. As soon as the year was over, all the names disappeared. And sometimes, because I live here, I would run into them in public or mm -hmm. in places. And they would they know me, obviously. And I know who they are, but I'm like, hey. <laughs> and they're like, you don't know my name. I'm like, I, I know your name. Jervis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, you, say. Yeah. You, do, you do that. Hey, buddy. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, how's it going? Friendo? Like, that's one of the things, though, like in high school, like I would say a lot of times, like, you know, from freshman to senior, like there, there's a lot of that happens with you discovering your style as yeah. a human being, yes. you know? So you have like this kid who as a freshman had like a like a like very short hair, maybe glasses. And then they're a senior and they've got like a full beard, long hair and like, you know, yeah. a, a, tat a face tattoo. Mm -hmm. And then you're like. I had you for like a resource <laughs> freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And it was really bad during the pandemic too, because like a lot of those students, you only knew as like a blank Zoom screen. 
Right. So like the the year once we were like back in person, they would like say hi to you in the hallway because of course my camera was on all the time, but they'd say hi and I'd be like, hi. Yeah. And I really didn't know, but you know, that's just that's just part of it. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're alive because to my understanding, the first few days of school are no joke, the worst day of every teacher's lives. Um, except for all of the people who I went to school with who are now teachers. They're like so excited. They're like, I'm teaching fourth grade. And it's like, all right. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to be Mrs. Whoever next fall. It's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. You go ahead and go make a difference in children's lives. I'm going to be here writing about video games. <laughs> who, who's, who's the real winner? It's Hitbox. Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 105. Hitbox is a podcast devoted to bringing you video game news every single week on Wednesday without fail. My name is Peter Hans Patek and joining me as always is my good friend and teacher in need of sympathy uh, because of everything we just talked about because you're back in school and now you're you're back at your work and the whole you know what i'm trying to say justin makovich how are you man other than the whole school thing uh well you you also made me feel real bad right now because oh, you said so without sorry. fail you said without fail it comes to you on wednesdays and i'm having a flashback about that one time i lost the audio that oh, i still come this on day, no I, up at night and i'm just it'll be like two in the morning my eyes will shoot open and i'll be like <gasps> that one episode i lost and i'm still to this very day we have it's, absolutely it's made up for it in the amount of additional content that has one been given away for free and two that goes up every week on wednesday for our deluxe podcast producers like Jay Noel and Dave Parker, Patreon supporters. They went to patreon.com slash hitbox pod. They said, you know what? These two guys, Peter and Justin, I'll give them $3 a month for an additional 30 minute show every single week. They also, they're on Patreon with us. Link to that's in the description. If you want to join us there, we can follow us on Twitter at hitbox pod. Always be plugging. Um, I don't even remember how I started talking about this, but Justin, what I'm trying to say is it's all okay. We've got so much to talk about this week that you won't even be thinking about that one episode you missed two years ago. You won't even be thinking about it. It's always like that one process running at like 2% in the back of my mind. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm setting you free. It's okay. I'm I'm setting you free. Uh, We're going to get into the news in a little bit, but before we do, I just want to hit you with some of the most enticing headlines of the week. The first one is that Nintendo was hit with another labor complaint. Microsoft says that Sony is scared of Game Pass competition and has been blocking content from appearing on the service. And we have gotten more details about the Ghost of Tsushima movie. Uh, That is coming at some point in the future here. We'll get to all that and even more news. But before we do, Justin, you want to join me in the Metacritic Roundup? What do you say? Do it. Metacritic Roundup. Here in the Metacritic Roundup, we take a look at all of the video games releasing week to week to week to week to wait for it. A week. And... (laughs) 
<laughs> stupid. And um, <laughs> let's take a look. We have two two major releases. The first one is Cult of the Lamb. This is the Devolver Digital. Um, what was this? It was like a roguelike kind of. It's it's like community builder. Yeah, like a roguelite in a way. Um, and from what I'm I'm seeing, it's much more. Animal Crossing than maybe I was first expecting it to be. Yes. You build up your little cult. That's why Cult of the Lamb. You build up your little cult and then you go out and do combat, it looks like. Uh, it's like kind of gothic horror-y, but like cutesy. It would be like if to me this looks like a show from like Cartoon Network that was like the follow-up to like Billy and Mandy or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. That, that also like the people who made it like watched a lot of Happy Tree Friends kind of um, yeah. Is that a throwback? Happy Tree Friends. Do you remember that? Oh man, I remember it. We're gonna get uh, copyright struck for that. For, yep, it was just so it. accurate that that the internet will have no idea <laughs> if that was if that was someone singing or not. Um, yeah. So so I've not played this. I probably won't. Um, not for lack of of interest, because I mean I think it does look interesting. Like the the monsters look cool. Like I'm into like all of the ideas here. Um, I just got enough to play with with Xenoblade right now, and then there's some other stuff coming out later this month that I'm going to be dipping into. That um, I might come come back around to it, but who knows? Uh, how about you? Have you are you going to touch this? Yeah, I'd be interested in playing it. I mean, uh, this is like uh, on most things. They they reviewed it for PC, but um, there it's like on Switch and everything. So like, I definitely could see myself playing it if it's like the right mood for me. Um, I, I just, one of the things though, I know it's a video game. Yeah. I know it is. Mm-hmm. But like when you play the bad guy, you don't like, you don't like that. And it's going to be hard to make me not think of a cult leader as a bad guy. I don't care how cute he yeah, is. That's a very fair, very fair assessment. By the way, uh, we, I didn't even mention this scored 82 on Metacritic yeah, here. Uh, yeah, that's for no. PC. There aren't any reviews up for PS five, switch Xbox series X or Xbox series or Xbox one or PS four, anything like that. But, um, I, I know what you mean. I, I do. I, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not fun to be the bad guy. I, mean, I, 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 I enjoy being the bad guy from time to time, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just like I, I'm sure that's not like the the gist of the game and stuff like that. But like part part of the the mechanic is like you have to like get rid of your followers to like power yourself up or like get like extra lives. You have to like sacrifice followers. <laughs> and like you know, I, I I get it's all part of the game. It's a video game and everything like that. But I don't know. I just, sometimes I just want a good spirit game. Like I wish I was fighting against the cult rather than being the cult. But sure. That's sure. me. That's me missing the point of the game. I guess. So then, hey, maybe it's not for you. And you know what, Justin? That's okay. It's doing fine. What did I say? Is it 82? 84? 82. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. User score 8.5. This game. This yeah. game. This got it. People again, are I'll also probably play it, but like. Sure. Sure. Um, next here, we've got uh, Spider-Man Remastered on PC. Uh, this has been one of the really highly anticipated PC releases of one of these uh, Sony first party games. Scores really well. It's gotten an 87. Um, I've seen a lot of people, like, a lot of the reviews mentioned trying it out on the uh, Steam Deck, which I think makes sense. Like, if you're going to play this game, like, yeah, see how it, how it is, you know, bringing it to go. Um, I'm not going to touch yeah. this. I am not a huge PC gamer, uh, and I own the video game on um, the PS5. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I there's there's probably, like... I would assume that it probably is going to run better on my 
um, with the system I have, it'll probably run better on my PlayStation 5 than sure. it would on the computer anyway. And there's some things I was like, I was watching a way too long. I think IGN did like a, a comparison video of everything when mm-hmm. they went way too in-depth. Yeah. It was a half-hour graphics comparison video, so sure. like, it really got into it. Um, but like, there's some like cool new like smoke effects and stuff like that that looks like they it added to the overall look. But like, again, just for a graphical update, there's definitely no reason why I would get this. However... I still think this is a great thing for Sony to do. The, the more they can get these first-party games out to more people, the better. And I think, like, Spider-Man, like, that's got to be a layup for them for just getting... You just know, raking in some, cash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, getting more sales and getting more people to play this game. Um, and, you know, as, as much as I'm, I'm a fan of PlayStation and the console wars are fun to me about, like, you know, who's going to win the console generation... Um, ultimately, the more people who play a game like this, the better it is for that game, for that studio, for everything involved. So I'm, I'm happy for it. Absolutely agreed. Uh, there's two things about this that I thought were cool. One is the fact that it has DualSense um, support, which I think I don't know if there are other uh, first party Sony PC games that have DualSense support um but the fact that this does is kind of cool and then also the other thing that i think really could sell this game is if you've got one of those like ultra wide curved monitors have you seen this no um so i i I imagine you've seen those huge monitors that like curve right Mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah um this game supports those so like your field of view can be huge and and you can see like a lot uh, mm-hmm. on those and so like in a game like this where you're you know looking at through the city and, and swinging around like i think is um pretty cool and that that's something i think that um if you have a monitor like that would be like a, a, a pretty pretty easy buy for something like that but yeah and if you do have like that great pc i think like spider-man is a beautiful game even when you're playing it on a playstation 5 you know like i think it's beautiful swinging through the city that kind of stuff and i feel like this is like that good graphical showcase if you really want to like put your your system to its uh uh, to a test and like see how it can do so um i think it's great uh agreed justin we've got two delays Uh, we might as well add a little bit of a delay corner to the metacritic roundup um i mean they're you know video games more often than not get delayed um so it, i always find it interesting that like so many games are so interested in saying like here's our release date and then just like all right sorry here's a new release date usually like a game will have two three four release dates associated with it um marvel's midnight suns that's the like their XCOM card game <laughs> um, real easy to, to describe to people huh <laughs> yes uh but it's hey it's marvel uh so it'll probably sell pretty well uh it has been delayed um not indefinitely, but there's no specific release date. Now we just have a window uh, and it's any time before the end of this financial year. So that could be as early as like December or as late as um, March, March 2023. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So unclear if that thing has been you know punted out of this year and into 2023. But uh, I don't know about you. I'm not dying to play this necessarily, but what can you do? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, there's so many things that are like, coming out and everything that uh, it would take a lot for me to be into a tactics card-based game, even if it's around yeah. Marvel. <laughs> you know, like even in the best case scenario, like this would be a, a hard sell for me. Um, and I always say, and I and I hate to be that kind of person, but like, you know, if a game suddenly starts to get like nines and tens all over the place, that might interest me in that. But no, totally. I, 
unless that's the case, I, I don't I don't foresee this being something I'll play right now. So if the game does need extra time, delay it. Yep, one hundred percent. Speaking of that, uh, Hogwarts Legacy has also been delayed into twenty twenty three. Do we have a, any specific date for that, or is that just gone? Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe it was in February. Uh, but let me double check. Um, yeah, but that another delay there. I mean, I guess you know, hey. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of Hogwarts Legacy since that, I think, state of play way earlier in the year. Um, so the fact that it's gone kind of dark makes sense that, hey, maybe there's they're not just ready to show more or whatever. Um, yeah, delay it. It doesn't bother me any. Sorry about your fantasy yeah. team because I imagine it'll score well. But Yeah, thanks for bringing that one up. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, it looks like February 10th is the the date uh, when they're, they're going to release it. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, when I've been seeing this game, I, they showed a couple cool like trailers and things like that. Um, I believe they had a story trailer. It looks like the start of a mission. Mm-hmm. It looks a little like laggy <laughs> to me. Like sure. it just doesn't look like crisp. Like it screenshots well, but like when it's an action, it just didn't look quite done. Um, so I, I'm not sure if it. Uh, did you know if it was like a quality thing, or did they announce a reason why? Um, uh, I imagine they, they said in order to deliver the best experience possible for all Hogwarts legacy fans, we here at port key games are going to be delaying. Like that's how they all read. Uh, I I don't, I I don't think that they stated any specific reason about what's up. We, we really need a industry standard for delays that involves a yellow background and like the tech, like the cyberpunk. If only there was (laughs) something infamous enough to, to really (laughs) up on that. Um, 100%. So there you go. Uh, Some people making some claims that this is uh, God of War Ragnarok's fault. On uh, Twitter, the kind of funny video, kind of funny, excuse me, the kind of funny Twitter account tweeted out a clip from one of the Games Daily shows that they do um, where you have someone here saying that God of War is scaring all of these games uh, into. new release windows and and he says here it's uh uh, tim gettys says that um he's had conversations like you know off the book conversations with studios about um these delays and i'm not saying that he's lying i'm just saying that he's probably not totally right uh because i don't think that you are going to delay a video game release like a video game takes a lot of people to make and um, shareholders and companies want games to release on time because they want to make money. And so I think that it would be wild to say that it is God of War exclusively that is delaying games. Um, I think it could be a contributing factor if they're saying, listen, this game isn't going to be necessarily 100% done, which is fine because not all game like most games release not totally finished. I don't personally love that, but that happens. Why would we, it makes more sense then if to delay it to have it be more finished and also not have to compete with something that people are going to just be going nuts over, right? That makes sense to me. I would be surprised if companies were just looking at like, oh, God of War comes out, well then we're just going to delay it because then you run into the issue of, okay, let's delay it into spring of 2023 when oh Starfield comes out and Breath of the Wild two comes out and fucking everything else (laughs) that's been delayed comes out you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean it it could be a a part of it um right because are like certain times like if you're thinking about like how a consumer will stretch their budget for games 
a game like God of War is going to be something that people, I think, who budget for games would probably budget for. Um, same with, you know, your Call of Duty releases and other big things that come out. Um, but there's probably a lot more that goes into it. Um, I mean, we're not talking about a week delay. If it was like, you know, a week delay, maybe you could start to make that argument a little bit more. But like, I, I think by them moving it all the way to February, it's still in the, the financial year and they probably just need to have as much time as possible to make sure it's polished and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I think there's enough with a game like Hogwarts Legacy, there'll be enough context anyway involving the game that they can't afford for it to, to not be as, as strong of a launch as possible. Um, because a bad launch will hurt a game for a long time. I mean, Cyberpunk, you know, uh, people still talk about how Cyberpunk the the you know the game is actually good now yeah um but like when it was released it was unacceptable and i think that skewed a lot of people's opinions of a game like that so yeah um you know maybe this could a lot of a lot of factors that go into delaying games and stuff like that but um i just think it's an yeah. interesting assumption or, or presumption uh because it's like god of war is going to be a big game like that like hands down it will be a big game but um after that is Pokemon and then Starfield and then Breath of the Wild and then whatever else comes next. You know what I mean? Like there is always going to be something that is the huge thing. It would be wild to me for, for anyone to delay a game to be like, well, we need to get out of the God of War window because yeah. then you are into literally any other window. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's just one of those things that I, I don't, I think that it could be a factor if, if you're saying, Hey, the game's not going to be totally ready. We're just thinking that it'll it'll have a better launch at this later time. Also, we'll get it out of that sort of window. Like, I, I just think it's a, a silly thing to say that, hey, all games are getting out of the way of God of War. Yeah. So uh, speaking of God of War, though, there's some people who are saying that they have some leaks here about it. Um, uh Basically, this person says this person on Twitter, Aesthetic Gamer One, uh, says that they've collected a handful of insider stuff on the game, um, but they they don't want to spoil it and they don't completely understand the whole game story. It's funny uh, because it's like people are, are out here saying like, "Oh, I've got I've got info on God of War," but I'm not going to tell you. And it's like, <laughs> sounds to me like you may not have info on God of War. Uh, one more but thing, then, yeah. like. Yeah, but but going back to that kind of leak stuff, like I get, I guess people are interested in that kind of stuff. But like, you know, nothing can ruin a game quite like leaking moments to it. Or let's look at one of our favorite games of all time, Last of Us Part Two. Um, I think one of the reasons that that game, you know, had a more contentious launch was because of people taking leaks out of context. So yeah, and inc um, incomplete, un, you know, not totally accurate information. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like. You know, sometimes, like, I know the video game journalists and journalists in general want to release information that they have, but, like, you know, sometimes you don't need to. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things about, like, do you want to see a JPEG of this game in 480p? Or do you want to wait a single hour and watch the whole trailer? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, as yeah. it was, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I go back and forth on that sort of stuff, but yeah. Uh, one more thing about a game that was delayed for Spoken, which people are also saying, like, this was delayed so that um, it's to get out of the God of War's way, which, again, I don't know if that's true, uh, but that's it's coming in February, I think. Um, did you see this trailer that they posted on Twitter? Mm -mm. Uh, I put a link in, in our show notes, uh, and I, I can put a link to it in the um, 
description of the episode here. Uh, it's just it's it's a trailer that everyone has been dogging on because it's just extremely it's just cringy. Like the writing is just not very good. Uh, and it's, it's just very like peak like mm, that just happened kind of <laughs> writing. Uh, um, actually, I can. Um, oh. Do you think if I we put the audio in, that would be bad? Mm, no, we could probably do that. Okay, let me, let, me, let me put the audio in and then restart. Just just so we can uh yeah, go, a good little Justin, go ahead and play go ahead and play this. Alright. Um I'm gonna be playing it now, and here we go. So let me get this straight. I'm somewhere that's not what I would call Earth. I'm seeing freaking dragons, and oh yeah, I'm talking to a cop! Yeah, okay, that is something I do now. I do magic, kill jacked up beasts. I'll probably fly next. Well, so, I don't even think she's like doing a bad job with the delivery. Like, it's just not very well written. And it's just one of those things like, oh gosh, this is so like. I think people are, are, are overreacting to this in, in some way uh, by being like, oh, man, this is like definitely this like is so emblematic of like what this game is going to be. And like, I don't think it's that. I think it's just a bad trailer um, for a game that yeah. I think still looks pretty interesting. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I just wonder what the tone of the game is going to be like. I think that, that to me that that that's the weirder, more concerning thing about this. Um, it seems a lot more like uh, quippy. um what is his name? Delson Rowe in um uh what's the name of that? Uh infamous uh the Cole. Was it infamous Cole? No, 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 not, not Cole, the, the sequel for the PS uh four. Oh, I didn't play it. The one where he's infamous yeah, seconds like on. Yeah. Um Yeah, I've always sort of gotten this vibe from the trailers of this game where you just have a, a, a talky protagonist, which isn't like a problem. Um it's just this is I think we talked about like I back when this was like shown off for the first few times. Like, I just don't love it. Um, I'll probably play it just to see like what's up. But um, I mean, this is not the first time that they've had lines like this in its trailers. Like when she sees the dragon for the first time, she's like, is that a motherfucking dragon? And it's like, oh, she said motherfucking in the trailer for a fantasy game. That's kind of funny. Um I'm talking I mean, to a cuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, you know, what's kind of funny and this is going to make it sound like I didn't like Miss Marvel, but it's like, it's trying to be Miss Marvel. I, uh, <laughs> I dipped out. I didn't watch the last two episodes. Oh no! <laughs> I, I thought I had a really strong opening. Uh, I talked about it on the show. I think, I think the first two episodes are awesome. And then I, it has the problem that all the other shows have where it's just like, all right, let's, let's wrap this up here. Um, we need it's it's almost like they need a, a a way to release things that's not quite a, that's longer than a movie but like shorter than a series. Does it need to be longer than a movie though? I think this is a story that like would have been fine in a movie. I don't know. Um, I, I think all of these these Marvel TV shows and the Star Wars TV shows is like I just rather would watch this as a movie. But um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of people have been talking about, like, oh, this is just like a Marvel movie, and I don't even know. Like, I think Marvel movies are probably <laughs> even better than this. Like, they're they're not awesome, but like. Um, this whole like, you know, like very quippy dialogue is just like awkward a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think that this is like I, like I said. I, I've saw a lot of people being like, 
really saying like, well, this is just gonna be emblematic of the whole game. And like, I don't think that's true. I just think that's it's a poorly written trailer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just a, just a slice of life. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a parody, be, uh, potentially weird game. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, Justin, let's talk about multiverses for just a, a few minutes here. We have a video that went live on Monday of us talking about uh, multiverses on our YouTube channel, which is just Hitbox on YouTube. Um, uh, of us playing the game and talking about it i've played it now for about three hours let's say i know you've put more time into it than i have i do not love this game i i just don't think it feels very good i think it's free to play elements are a little bit too in your face for me personally i would like to be able to play all the characters um but i i don't necessarily think that all of i feel like one or two characters that are free um, are fun to play and the rest are just like, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I know you are getting more out of this and, and I know that you've also played it before, uh, in the, the alpha build or whatever. Uh, but generally, what are you thinking about this game? Um, I like it a lot. I, I, I went, when I first was in the alpha and I was like playing through it, like I was like, Oh, there's something here. I just don't know if this is going to be the thing that I'm going to be playing yeah. when it's actually released. Um, I thought I would have got my fill in the the alpha. I played that enough. Uh, but then when the, the beta came out and it got released to the open beta, because I was part of the closed beta, but to be full disclosure, I loaded it up and never was a part of the closed <laughs> yeah, <okay>. beta. <laughs> you know? Um, and then when they had the actual, like, the open beta of everyone, then I, I started to actually play it a lot more. Um, and I probably put... Ah, God, I mean, time just kind of goes away with this game. I, probably, I put at least 10 hours into this game um, at this point. And it's got its hooks into me for now um, because I, I just feel like there's enough for me to do every day and enough reasons for me to keep playing it. Um, and I think part of that reason is that free-to-play model. Sure. Um, and I think personally for a fighting game, I free-to-play models are the best thing you can do for a fighting game. Um, and, I, and I think that for a couple of reasons. First of all, to have a successful fighting game, you need to make sure people are playing it. Mm -hmm. and when fighting games come out like uh, street fighter six is going to be coming out when next year at some point i'm assuming yeah imagine whenever that comes out yeah you're gonna have people who buy it for 60 dollars when it first comes out but it won't be everyone i won't and then they'll come out with dlc character packs slowly yep. but surely and they'll keep releasing them and eventually it's going to cost you two three hundred dollars to get every character in that game yep. or you wait until you get the legendary edition to come out. It's another $60 game, but you've missed the boat uh, yep. in terms of like getting into it. By that point you go online, everyone's better than you. It's just like not the way to play. Um, but for the fighting game, what it does is it gives you like a free to play model. It allows anyone to get in anyone to start. And if you really do like it and you're really digging the system for you to dig into it enough to get the founders pack so you can lock more characters um, to actually, you know, keep playing and find your right build and things like that. And at least for me, the way they rotate in and out characters in this game, uh, like every, I don't know how soon this is, but they have like free characters that you can play right now. There's four characters um, that anyone can play when they go in. That rotation gives you a reason to go back and play because it's like, all right, these are the four characters I got this period I'm going to get good at these characters. And if you don't like the character, well, you can either not use them or you are kind of forced to use them and get better with them. And then as that's going on, you slowly will get enough currency to unlock a, a character that you want. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I, I do kind of hit the slowly. You can probably unlock your first two to three characters pretty quickly. But then after that initial period, the amount of currency you get slows down yeah. um, significantly enough that if you're trying to unlock them all, it will take you hours yeah. and hours and hours to do. Um, so I don't know. I, I like that model of it because it just gets you the, to want to play the game and it gets you to check in every day for your dailies. Um, and at this point, I haven't spent a single cent and I don't feel like I'm really missing out on much by not spending money on it. Um, and I, I don't know. It's. I think it's a good it's a good fighter, and I would play a lot more fighting games if that was the case for them. Sure, sure. No, that that totally makes sense. Um, well, it has hit ten million players, which Ooh. is uh, significant um, because when comparing to games like Smash, uh, Smash Ultimate, and Mortal Kombat Eleven, like it almost rivals um, uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven's. Uh, sales it has passed uh tekken 7 it has passed street fighter 5 uh passed guilty gear strive by quite a bit it's it's obviously not um anywhere near something like smash ultimate which is i mean just a behemoth of a game but um the fact that it is you know kind of close to to the other the other big fighting games i think does say something um especially because you know after we had um Oh man, what is this? Uh, uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, like that. That was such a like a fast moment of people playing that, and then it being just completely gone. So um, there you go, multiverses. Um, I think too with the amount of sales too, the fact that the game is still not out yet. I mean, open the the ba- the the actual season one of the Battle Pass uh, came out Monday. Um, the fact that it has ten million in the pre thing i think is huge mm-hmm. um now the difference is, is free to play so how many of those sales actually are translating to uh you know a full price right product right and stuff like that um a lot easier to get base, people on board with a free to play yeah, game than a $60 exactly game. exactly and i mean i as bad as i am about not trying to pay for things if i play this game enough and uh i'm like all right i should probably buy the battle pass I could get I could get convinced to buy a battle pass without feeling bad about it. Sure. Um in, in for a game like this. But um yeah, I think I think this is a, a, a nice uh a nice little fighter to try out. It's free. So if you don't if you don't agree with me, uh you should play you should just play it and then t- tell me why. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk okay, I got a question, Justin. You want the good news or the bad news first? Uh let's do bad news first, because good news cheered me up. Yep. So let's start with the uh, Nintendo's labor complaint issues. Oh fuck! You want to? Let's go to the news. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> uh, we heard about this a while ago. That um, Nintendo, not so. Um, they are not particularly. Uh, kind maybe to their workers. Let's say it like that. And there were some reports that came out a few months ago. You had like Reggie Fizeme saying like, well, that's not the Nintendo I left. Um, but then other reports conflict that and say like, no, Reggie, like it was uh, <laughs> like these sorts of things don't just start happening one day. This is like, you know, a company wide policy, whatever. Um, so Nintendo got hit with another complaint um, for its main U.S. office. Um, about worker th- worker 
rights violations. So basically the complaint, um, this is from a report from Axios by Stephen Totillo, uh, says that uh, the complaint filed on Monday was against Nintendo for contracting firm uh, Aston Carter. Uh, which recruits customer service and administrative workers for the game company. It alleges that the company's established uh, coercive rules and in some ways retaliated, discharged, or disciplined a worker for engaging in protected activities with others. Um, there's not a whole lot of public information about what specifically that means, but basically uh, it seems as if they may have fired employees or um, other otherwise um, disciplined them for like discussing salaries and saying, Hey, you know, I would like to be treated better for this than whatever else. Again, details are like public details are vague, but, um, this is the second sort of story about this over the past year or so. Um, there's not much to say about this that we haven't said before, but I'm curious, Justin, what do you think about all this? Um, I, I think this is just, uh, I don't want to say like a reckoning, but I mean, this is, there's clearly going to be a big shift in the, in the industry. Um, yeah. uh, and it's coming, it's happening with all the, all, not all the companies, but there are rumblings. And, uh, if there are problems at a company, you'll probably start to hear about them. Uh, and I think this is just more of that. Um, I think the, not just video game industry wide, but kind of like worldwide, coming out of the pandemic, I think a lot of people are really stepping back and thinking about their time and being valued for their time, uh, specifically yes. when it comes to work. And I think this is just more of that. There is something, you know, and I don't just think Nintendo is the only company that, that has this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm no, sure a lot no. of big companies have this kind of stuff. Um, and I also feel like uh, this is things that have to do with, uh, you know, graphics and computers and and uh everything like this uh like video game companies uh it takes a lot of time to do this work um yes even like you know thinking about uh people who do like videos and youtube videos and and anything about this stuff takes a lot of time to do um and i just think a, a lot of people just are making sure they get uh you know compensation for the time they put into these things um yeah that also should remind people when you know sony makes video games 70 dollars instead of 60 dollars that there are costs to these things right <laughs> um and the best thing that you know we can do as consumers is make sure that we are um you know putting money where our mouth is and i know a lot of people talk all the time about like um it, reselling games and things like that but like the buying a game specifically indie games you know at full price um that's how you can support studios um now that doesn't necessarily happen at nintendo because like you know you, sp you spend full price at nintendo it goes through all these yes. other things and there's a lot of other people involved with that but um a lot of this stuff is is kind of interconnected so um we'll hear more about this and i just think the best thing is transparency um and the more we hear about what people make the more people talk about uh things that happen to them that are bad the better the industry will be for it 100 percent agreed um yeah, like I said, I, I don't think there's much to say about this that we haven't already said, um, other than like, hey, this is always a bummer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want people to be paid for their work, um, and as you said, like in in games and online media, um, people are overworked and underpaid. And hopefully, this is the start of other changes. But we shall see. Um, shifting gears to the good news. Not necessarily about this story, because there is no good news about this story. It sucks. Um, but instead, let's talk about Splatoon. 
Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were saying there's nothing good about Splatoon. I was like, what? No, Wait a no, minute. no, no. There's nothing good about the fucking labor violations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got a 30 minute uh, Splatoon direct. I'm going to be honest with you, Justin. I didn't do my homework. I forgot to watch this. Oh, no. I was going to watch it. I was going to watch it that morning. Uh, and then I saw that it was 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, I don't have time this to, uh, for this right now. And then it just got pushed away. And now I'm here kind of looking a fool. Looking, looking like a buffoon. Uh, I do have a list of every single thing that was shown off uh, that we can that we can talk about. Uh, I guess my question for you is, as someone who has watched this, um, <laughs> what were the big key, what were your your key takeaways? Like, what um, what did you see here that that really caught your eye, if anything? Well, I have a confession for you. I also did. I'm did just you kidding. also not watch it? it? I watched okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are professionals here. Um, Some of us, <laughs> no, one of us more than others. No, in this and moment. when you're not professional, I'm professional. When I'm not professional, we which is ninety five percent of the time, you're you got that. We got this. Um, we take turns. So I played Splatoon two. I didn't play Splatoon one. I played Splatoon two, and I liked it a lot. Um, there are some things that uh, I, I don't like about it. Um, I think it can kind of hard, be hard to control um, when you're playing portable. And as we all know, sure. uh, I play my my Switch portable primarily uh, just because that's the way I like to do it. <laughs> like trying to motion aim with a portable when you're in bed, um, yeah, trying to go to sleep. Luck. Let me tell you something. You annoy everyone around you. Um, uh, Archie does not like me playing this game. Um, so there's th- that thing that I think makes it a little difficult. And when you're trying to do like really like fine tune aiming and stuff, like uh, I played the Octo expansion and that hit- involved mm-hmm. a lot of like very like specific maneuvers and stuff that you had to do. So that was like a little frustrating on the switch. Um, I'm sure if you played it with a motion, uh, a, a switch pro controller, it's fine. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't think Nintendo's known for high accuracy shooters. Let's just say that. Um, so this started, and I felt like I was be- like like they were talking to me like I was an idiot. I've never heard of what Splatoon was before. <laughs> like when they were first starting off talking and going through like what you're what's gonna happen in it. Um, however, once the things kept going, um, eventually uh, they uh, kind of sold me with it. Uh, and there's a lot yeah. of good little additions here that I think um, ultimately are go- going to to make this uh, game. Um, a good meaty expansion uh, to uh, Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. So f- Okay, well, there you go. So f- yeah, first of all, um, Salmon Run. Uh, are you familiar with Salmon Run? Uh, they showed it off at the last big showcase for this, didn't they? Or they had just announced that it was happening? It's like a DLC thing? It, it, well, the sa- or it was a DLC Salmon thing? Run was like uh, a horde mode um, that okay. they had, and it was like not all the time it was like a limited event um Mm -hmm. and it was you and other people basically attacking other bosses and enemies and things like that and it's gonna be there all the time now which i think is great i think that's a huge change um yeah uh another kind of big change uh is the splat fests are no longer one thing versus the other like ketchup versus mustard coffee versus soda um whatever Mm. they do they are now triple so you have so this resist the resist the first one is going to be three of them so rock paper scissors okay um and i think that's cool 
Um, because a lot of the times when you're doing this stuff, it was pretty obvious. Like one was a, a it was easier to have one that more people did than the other. Um, and if you don't know the way the way it works is basically at the start of a Splatfest, you choose a team, um, and everything you do in the game, uh, you're playing against the other team. Um, and the team who gets the most percentage of wins, the team who gets the most percentage of ink, like there's like three different categories you can win. Uh, the team who gets the most wins the Splatfest and you get a cool little shirt. It's like, it's, it's, it's a fun little thing to get people to play. Um, but now mm-hmm. having three, I think really makes it more interesting because I think it's going to be much more widespread with like the specific, um, like, I think the percentages will be more over the place. It'll be a lot harder to predict which one's going to be more successful. And they have a cool new mode that basically, instead of it being two teams against each other, after you do an initial match, they have it so it's 2v2v2. There's like a special mode that you play afterwards. So there's a whole nother mode and a whole nother like wrinkle to the Splatfest formula. And people love the Splatfest anyway, so I think it's cool that they're trying this this stuff um, in it. Um, plus, of course, you have more weapons, you have more um, maps, um, and you have a couple of new features as well. Um, let me see if I can uh, find uh, in the video here. They have a like card game kind of thing. I did see this. Yeah. This was something that was um, not shocking, but a little bit like, well, that's an interesting take. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's like yeah. it's not needed, but like to give you more things to play and don't hate it. more stuff to do like hey i think that's pretty cool um and then of course they do have a single player mode and um i was worried the way they were going about explaining it that maybe they they pulled a call of duty on us and cut single player <laughs> um but sure but they have they didn't did they it's no it's still it's in, in there. there yep still in there yeah. they still have it and um i i think it's just this is going to be a good um content rich experience for people i think Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Splatoon's a lot of fun, easy to get into, hard to master, like most things. But yeah, um, it doesn't seem like they're cutting corners like they do with let's Mario Strikers, for example. <laughs> you know, yes, there's a lot of stuff that you can do in this game, and they've also announced uh, paid DLC that will be coming out um, and free updates, free DLC updates that they'll be having too, probably in forms of weapons and uh, outfits and everything like that. So a lot of good stuff here, a lot of content. Um, I might end up getting this we'll see i think i definitely i think i will um comes out less than a month i will be moving at that point and it's right next to last of us so uh it might be the kind of thing where like it's 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 you know it's a multiplayer game although it does have the single player yeah so it could be a nice little flavor break i think i might also buy that the switch oled with it because like (laughs) the the battery on my switch has been quite bad it's about an hour and a half of (laughs) xenoblade like like maybe two um i've got not that not that the new oled controllers are better but i've got drift in my uh joy cons um and it comes with that pro controller which is like an actual pro controller i have one of the like third party pro controllers so it doesn't have any rumble Mm. i realized um so i might i might do that because it's also like it's a nice looking piece of hardware i mean it's like a huge it's that is a lot of money for it but it is uh um, and i mean it's not a need but right but it's a decent upgrade a decent enough upgrade for where i'm at with what with my current switch i think so um i'll let you know i'll let you know how that goes uh let's talk about xbox and sony nintendo's in its own world promoting uh splatoon 3 and having 
worker rights violations, and Xbox and Sony are uh, at each other's throats. Oh boy, um, they really so, are. <laughs> yeah, this is this is quite interesting. Um, so this is an article by Chris Scullion from uh, Video Games Chronicle titled "Xbox Has Accused Sony of Paying Developer." Uh, developers game pass quote block fees uh the link to this article and everything else uh, every other article that we've referenced will be in the description of this episode um this is sort of a follow-up to what we talked about maybe last week or the week before where sony said to the brazilian council for economic defense um that hey uh microsoft owning call of duty and activision uh, is going to be really bad for us because it might influence people to buy Xboxes. Uh, and our response to that was like, well, fucking yeah, uh, <laughs> that is the point of them buying that stuff. Uh, and so Microsoft has um, responded to that and said a little bit more. So I'm going to read just a little bit of this response that uh, Microsoft has had to the Brazilian Administrative Council for Economic Defense, um, who is like many other countries in the world, been taking a look at this purchase. Uh, and the reason why we're hearing about the Brazilian version of this in specific is because um, apparently this particular administrative body makes a lot of their um, uh, proceedings public and a lot of their their interviews and stuff public, which I think is good because then it, gets, it lets us know sort of what's going on behind you know the curtain. So this is what Microsoft said. Considering that exclusivity strategies have been at the core of Sony's strategy to strengthen its presence in the games industry and that Sony is a leader in the distribution of digital games, Sony's concern with possibility with possible exclusivity of Activision's content is incoherent to say the least. I think that's a solid follow-up to what we, you know to similar things, what we were saying last week of like, yes, yeah, Sony, that's the point. And you do that too. Like you bought Bungie so that you could have Bungie stuff. You bought uh, uh, insomniac so that you could have insomniac stuff. Like that makes sense. Um, the company goes on to say it only reveals once again, a fear about an innovative business model that offers high quality content at a low cost to gamers, threatening a leadership that has been forged from a device-centric and exclusivity-focused strategy over the years. Indeed, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been obstructed by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. Basically, Microsoft is saying Sony is, af is, is afraid of game pass because it is such a good deal because it is so consumer friendly and because it's one of those things that if you have a game uh, an xbox it just makes sense to own if you are constantly playing it because it does offer those you know big triple a exclusives and then also it offers plenty of third-party titles right lots of indie games are releasing on this thing that it's just like yeah i'm gonna get it. i'm gonna play that on on game pass as opposed to buying it for 30 dollars on um PlayStation five or, or four or whatever. Right. That makes sense to me that they're just basically responding and saying like, Hey, this is a great deal. And Sony is uncomfortable with the fact that we have such a great deal because in the past, the industry has been dominated by exclusivity, right? And who has the rights to, to, to publish what games on what platforms, right? And Sony has been winning at that for a long time, as we've talked about, right? In terms of exclusive, like the exclusives that are on the PS4 versus the Xbox One, I mean, Sony blows Xboxes out of the way, 
But now though, it's sort of clear that that's not necessarily Xbox's goal, or if it is, it's more with Game Pass at the center of that. It makes sense then that Sony would be a little little nervous and that they really don't have anything to compete with that. With I mean, PS Plus kind of, but it's still not the same service as Game Pass, right? What do you think about that first half? Um, I mean, ultimately, uh, if Sony's going to pay to block people or make it part of the deal to block people, that's up to the the uh, person signing that agreement if they want to do that or not. Do they want Sony's help or not? Um, I think that, yeah, Sony's not going to want everything to be on Game Pass. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, of course they wouldn't want things on Game Pass because it, it it takes people away from playing games on their consoles, and it and it takes sales away from their consoles. Um, but Sony, the the solution then is to come up with your own thing. It doesn't have to be a Game Pass, um, a competitor. I mean, PS Plus kind of is that, but you come up with your own thing to offer that will keep people on your platform. I think the clear answer for that is the the games coming out of its first party studios, right? People love this flavor of these super cinematic, um, realistic looking games that Sony is doing that have that have a heavy emphasis on writing and emotion and and you know captured performances and stuff like that. It makes sense that they would want that uh, that, that people would want that because you're not necessarily getting that from Xbox. So just figure out what makes you special, Sony, and you're good. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're clearly doing two very different marketing plans. Um, right. Like they're they have two different philosophies about games. They have two different philosophies about companies. I I think Sony thinks about PlayStation. Xbox thinks about games. If that makes yep. sense. And what I mean yep. by games, I think Microsoft knows that the more the way to get the most money is to get your games on as many things as possible and have limited barriers for people to play those games that's what they want to do yep. they, they are collecting as many studios as possible to keep getting new content out to their services um and um sony on the other hand are focusing on how can we get the best possible game experiences on playstation um the best possible things for playstation right and i think sony wants everything to go through playstation Microsoft wants just to have games out. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and obviously controlling an Xbox and having an Xbox and having that system is good for, for Microsoft, right? They, they're not going to just cancel uh, having Xboxes, right? They are, though, because it's not even about owning Xboxes anymore. It's about having Game Pass because these new Samsung TVs have um, a Game Pass app where you do not need a console to play. You know, you just hook up your controller. There's the puck that we've seen. I th- I don't know if that's an official product yet, but I know that we saw the the Game Pass puck, right? Where it's not an Xbox. Like it doesn't, it can't run games on it, but it just connects to Game Pass to the cloud, and you're playing games on that. Um, so like I, I think that's where they're headed, and I, I think that's okay because who else is headed there? And I think that that the reason why they're successful is because. No one else is really doing that. Yeah, you've got Amazon Luna, you've got Google Stadia, but like they just don't have the established like they're just in a in a different league than with fucking Microsoft. So then with Sony blocking all this stuff, like with these paying to block paying, you know, publishers or studios or whoever to to prevent them from you know, going to Game Pass. Um I, <sighs> I'm not a business person. (laughs) 
so I can't speak to whether that makes a lot of business sense or not. But it is a little... I don't know. To me, that seems foolish. Like, stop looking at what they're doing and you do your own thing, but double down on it. Do your thing better. Don't worry about what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I I get it to a point, but I still feel like you're... you're you're fight you're you're almost fighting for these games in a way and you're fighting for the space and you're fighting for people's time for them to be playing and specifically mm-hmm. with i think sony's thing being about the console space still we are focused on our consoles we console we're going to dominate the console industry we want to sell the most consoles and if that's what their goal is the more exclusives you take off of their console the the easier it is to play somewhere else i mean if you had a choice to play a game on game pass or buy it for um a playstation what would you do I mean, Game Pass every time. Right, exactly. Like, um, so I think it, it, they do need to look at what Microsoft is doing because they can't let Microsoft be the ones who are dictating what the, what, 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 what's happening with video games because sure. I, I don't think Sony looks at what's happening with Game Pass as being a good thing for profitability. Um, right. And I think I've said this before. Part of the, part of the, the reason that Microsoft can do Game Pass is because they're way bigger than Sony. They can afford yep. to lose some money and, and invest for the long term in a way that not only Sony can't do, a lot of other video game companies can't do. Um, and you know the you look at what Nintendo and how Nintendo's kind of outside of this conversation to a certain point. But I think Nintendo's really now about like, hey, we're handheld. And, you know, like that's kind yeah. of like <laughs> yes. what, with with what their it, really what their strategy is, is, is trying to get home console games on a handheld. But even that's scary for the Nintendo because we see what the Steam Deck's doing and eventually more and more of those things are going to be open and out there. But I digress going back to, to Microsoft and Sony for a second. It's still one of those things where Sony's got it's almost like when people sue people for copyright claims, not because they want to win the money, but because they have to sue them. Otherwise, they lose that kind of thing. If Sony does nothing and lets people go with Microsoft and do that kind of stuff uh, without any kind of them trying to stop it, they're going to lose the market share. So, yeah, Microsoft, Sony's got to be the little baby here um, in order to try to compete with with the the money and the resources you're throwing at at video games um not that that's like always like not that sony necessarily is good for doing that but like I was gonna say, a, a, from but, a business sense it, it makes but sense. don't you think that like i don't know personally i don't think that paying people to not go to game pass is the way to go i think it is is to you know secure your own publishing deals and stuff stray launched on you know it was a it was a playstation console exclusive roller drone playstation console exclusive like they have games that are, are, are uh, uh you know a lot of final fantasy stuff console exclusives like they have these deals with third-party developers to launch on their on their thing so it's just such a weird like i don't it, to me it, it's like focus on making your thing better don't focus on making their thing worse because sony you will spend all you could spend every cent you have trying to make game pass work trying to make game pass worse and you're going to go broke and game pass is still going to be awesome unfortunately you know what i mean like like why not devote that time to making the playstation ecosystem better as as opposed to saying like well how do we how do we make it so that 
you know, Trek to Yomi doesn't get on Game Pass. I guess do you know what I'm saying? I guess my counter to that, what does Sony need to do to make their service better? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a uh, I, I don't have their numbers in front of me. I'm not a business person, right? Obviously. If you did, um, that would be a great podcast right there. Let's just go through their excellent. financials. Let's just do it. Um, but I, I think the, the easy thing is, like I said, just secure those third-party uh, deals. You know? put sh- You got Stray. You got Roller Drum. You got fucking Final fucking Fantasy. You know? Like, there are so many things, so many people who are willing to play ball with you. I mean, they, they had bethesda uh, uh as a publisher right um with with both ghostwire tokyo and Deathloop being like those are like playstation 5 video games that that are associated with the brand already right they had returnal before housemark was a first party studio they have all sorts of things that they can be doing and, and third party studios to work with work with those people more people love those games and people associate those games with playstation so that to me is is what they can be doing. Um I I I just don't I think that the idea of like, well, let's pay let's try and pay Ida's Montreal or Square Enix or whoever some money to try and not put Guardians of the Galaxy on Game Pass. I don't know if that's I, I think you you're much better off working with studios who want to put things exclusively on the PlayStation than spending i don't know i assume several million dollars to try and block games from going to game pass that you know do you know what i'm saying yeah no i mean i i i i think the the bad thing for sony in this situation is that they have to be reactive to what microsoft is doing um Mm -hmm. and it makes it really easy for microsoft to sit back and be like hey we're for the gamers (laughs) yeah Um, 100 percent but on Sony's case, and I guess the reason why I'm always so defensive for Sony is that you're not going to get AAA high quality games like Horizon, The Last of Us, and those kind of things unless people have enough so uh, PlayStation's bought in order to make those games and to fund those games. So yeah. I I want to keep having Sony be able to be in a place where they can fund things like that um, and spend time working on someone's animation of taking a shirt off and looking perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, and, and things yes. like that. Um, because they, they do have enough market share for them to afford that kind of stuff. Um, rather than just trying to, um, you know, have or the Nintendo route where they just stick with their, with their niche and they, they, you know, Oh, we don't have to have the best graphics on our thing. We're just going to have toys that people can play with. Um, and then you saw the rabid Nintendo fans that no matter what people release, they still like it. But um, mm-hmm. I get why Sony does this. Um, I just don't know what their 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 other option is going to be if you keep having more and more companies go over to Microsoft or even if they are re- released on Xbox and PlayStation, but on Xbox, it's on Game Pass. No one's going to buy it on PlayStation. Eventually, why would you put the effort into doing that? It's the same issue that happened with Wii, like well, not with Wii, like how we kind of people were creating like crappy things for Wii, not because the games were good, but because there were so many Wiis out there that people wanted to get in on that market. So the less people who have like a, playstation the less people want to go to playstation i will also say though what you have to also remember is that not everyone is us that has the that has an xbox and a playstation right like 
I know um, I saw I don't remember who it was on Twitter shared that they got the platinum for Escape Academy on, on PS5. Um, that's awesome. They bought Escape Academy on the PlayStation. It's free on Game Pass, but because they only have a PlayStation. Yeah, they'll, you know, they'll still buy it there. People are still playing Trek to Yomi on PlayStation 5. Right. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I just it feels so like like petty i don't know like can companies be petty i guess i gotta right? say but the, the the interaction between microsoft and sony these last couple weeks have been nothing short of petty to each other with them like passively aggressively like talking about each other to investors which is just funny to me <laughs> like you're yeah. just seeing like the the high school version of big companies like well they said this and they did this i will say this though i i think that xbox is usually like xbox representatives are usually pretty like hot on sony stuff you know phil spencer said his most anticipated game for this year is god war ragnarok like they they are frequently talking about like frequently praising giving you know praise where praise is due to sony and the things that it's doing i think that uh when the playstation 5 launched uh, phil spencer was said on some interview about like this this controller blows me blows my fucking mind like it's so cool right and and like um i like that you know i, I like that they're willing to to give credit there and talk about those things. Whereas I feel like Sony is frequently like doesn't even want to talk about Xbox, um, which I understand. So then when they finally are saying like, mm, I think they're going to hurt console sales. Uh, Microsoft is like, well, what the fuck do you want us to do? Like, what do you want? Like, come on. So anyway, speaking of Sony though, let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima. What do you say? Ooh, let's do it. Um, Ghost of Tsushima of a good video game. Moving right along. Oh, Next okay. story. I'm kidding. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, so we know that there is a Ghost of Tsushima movie in development being directed by, uh, what's his name? Chad Stahelski. He uh, not only directed John Wick Chapter 4, but has been direct. He co-directed the other John Wick movies. Uh, he was, I think, Keanu Reeves' stunt double in uh, the original Matrix movies. Um, he's, he's directed quite a few things. Uh, but he is also directing... Um, uh, the Ghost of Tsushima movie. We know virtually nothing about it other than it's in the works, being directed by him. It's going to be a movie. And he recently told Collider, uh, interview again in the description of this episode, that they're looking to do a completely, I mean, first of all, an all Japanese cast and then have the movie be in Japanese, uh, which I think is kind of cool. And he said that Sony is super on board with it. Um, which. I think is pretty cool and pretty exciting. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I yeah, I think that that'll be great. Um, I I think that's a, a, like the perfect opportunity for them to do this um, is to yep. really come in with a a game like Osushima that is so based on traditional Kurosawa you know films and yeah. putting that back into theaters and getting that genre back in there. I mean, so many people played Ghost of Tsushima with that, you know, camera mode on and I'm sure people played it with um uh dubs and subtitles as it was, right? So like I I think it it's great to do that. I think it's cool to do that. Um and uh I I just think that is such an interesting unique choice for a film to make and I hope the film's quality will be good enough to warrant that you know what i mean it's not just like a gimmick and i hope it is like one of those like i would i would die of happiness if a video game movie was being like considered for an oscar 
or uh, you sure. know, an Emmy. Like that, that would be just an amazing thing. And, and if they can pull this off and it's not just a gimmick, I think that'd be awesome. I think talking about it being a gimmick um, is huge because I know that when Ghost of Tsushima first came out, there were a lot of um, Japanese people and Japanese journalists writing about how like it's clear that it was made by people who like Kurosawa, but it's not necessarily made by people who have lived Japanese lives. Um, I don't know exactly. I don't have any of those articles up in front of me. and I'm just going off my memory. Um, I don't know exactly what that means in terms of Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know. I'm not Japanese, um, but I know that that was a part of it. And so hopefully if they're, if they are leaning into this aspect of it, they're able to potentially correct some of those, um, uh, maybe I guess the best way, like cultural mishaps, maybe, uh, I don't think that there was anything like horrifically offensive in it, but just one of those things similar to, um, the, the conversation surrounding like Sifu about it being made by a Western studio about, um, you know, Asian culture, it, it can be a little dicey. So with what you're saying is I hope that if they are leaning into it being, you know, an authentic Japanese film that it can, um, make it more than just a gimmick of, Oh, isn't it cool that they were speaking Japanese the whole time? Like it has to be more than that. It has to be like, yeah. And it also, I don't know anything about Japanese culture in that way. So like, I can't speak to it, but, um, yeah, I think this is cool. And, and as we've said before, I think uh, Ghost of Tsushima is one of the uh, like top tier PlayStation games that, that I think that we think would translate well to film or, or TV or whatever. Just it has just a really solid story at the core of it. Um, I actually have a question for you. I was uh, having a conversation yeah. uh, with my brother-in-law about this, and he brought it up and was talking about it, and I misheard him. I thought he was talking about the next Ghost of Shima game was going okay. to be Japanese only. <laughs> ah. How would you feel about that? Uh, I, I think that's fine. It can't. Uh, it's tough, right? Because um, from an artistic standpoint, I think that's cool. I think that's great. Um, but from an accessibility and gameplay standpoint, I don't know how much I love that. For example, when you start up Ghostwire Tokyo, it is in Japanese and has English subtitles. Uh, and I think that's great. It is a Japanese game made by Japanese people. Put it, you know, make the default Japanese. Um, but as I'm running around the world, like I, I wasn't able to like read the game and play it at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, I think to my understanding, like not a lot of like super important dialogue happens in Ghost of Tsushima during gameplay. Most of that is going to be during cutscenes, So you do have the time to you know take a step back and read it. Um, but for me, someone who doesn't speak Japanese that well, I might add, I can ask you what time it is, Justin. Imanachi desu ka? All right. Um, what did you say? It's I said uh, Imanachi desu ka? Ah. Which is what, what time is it? Oh, OK. It's two, uh, Ima 2.53. Being right now. Nanji being time what and then des is ka question mark boom I took Japanese for a single semester in college how about you um I can say senko wa journalism means my major was journalism and that's all I got um <laughs> but uh uh yeah like I don't speak Japanese so like reading the reading the subtitles 
during gameplay when I have to be like looking at other things is a little bit dicey, but I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that. But I think that in terms of accessibility wise, it might be a little dicey. What do you think? Would you would you be down for a fully Japanese game? Uh, no, I think the reasons you said uh, I, is exactly why when he said that, I was like, that's a dumb idea. And he was looking at me like I was crazy. And I was like, well, yeah, I can't focus on like the text while I'm like trying to do the combat and action and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he was talking about the movie. I'm like, oh, that's different. Like, you know, but like in a game, like even like, language stuff aside um i was listening to a podcast while i was like walking around the open world of xenoblade and i had like subtitles on or whatever Mm -hmm. um but then like stuff is happening and then i'm trying to like also like read while playing the game it was a little hard at moments to like really get that focus on as i was doing that so i just don't think i don't think that would be the as you said the the pro accessibility way to go about a video game having those options is great um, oh yeah totally but like with everything then you have you know that that more resources in order to do that it's hard it's you know to to get two good voice acting tracks can sometimes be <laughs> difficult <laughs> dude freaking ghostwire tokyo is like the english du- like i imagine the J- the japanese dub is better like i don't speak japanese so i can't say but the english dub is terrible <laughs> it is so bad um yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, but I think a movie because you yeah. don't have to focus on anything other than like what people are saying and what's happening. I think I think would be well cool. if you're watching it in a movie theater. But if you're watching it at home and you have your phone out, uh, you know the yeah, fridge is right things. around the corner. Uh, yeah, you're playing Xenoblade on your Switch at the same time. Yeah, yeah. that's got its volume all the way up. Yeah, and you're listening to a podcast. Like it, it does get hard to focus. I found with with you know, I mean all that sort of experience. Yeah, I just don't have the processing power for that because I'm still thinking about yeah, that episode. In- that I lost. So you right. add that on top yeah. of everything. And then, you know, I am listening to music and I'm doing a, like, I'm dancing a little yeah. bit. You're playing music too, while listening to it, trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. I am, you know, I am waiting for something to come out of the microwave. Like, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. just like regular day, normal stuff. Um, and, and the dog's got to go outside. So I got to take yep, that yep, out. Yep. Too, yep. You know, but like it's fortunately a, a lot of the stuff is portable nowadays. So you can take the dog out while you're doing all that other stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Right. But you're gonna have to pause, pause the movie. Like, yeah, you just can't, you, know. you can't, it's just, you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so, Moral of the yeah, story, we'll see. go to a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, it's been, like, I guess a weird, like, renaissance for live-action video game movies. Pac-Man, Justin, the, you know him. Waka, 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 oh, waka. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's getting a live-action movie. Hmm. Yeah, that's what, that was my reaction. Hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> now do you think like, do you think that's going to be um in Japanese? Do you think there'll be like it'll be like solely like or, or is it going to be like multi I mean it, I, I guess it could be cuz Pac-Man comes from Bandai Namco, which is a Japanese company. Um I like that this article here from Hollywood Reporter uh which has this exclusive breaking news titled live action Pac-Man movie in the works from Wayfarer Bandai Namco. Uh, does it does it clarifies first introduced in the United States in 1980 and originally called Puck-Man in Japan. Pac-Man, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, do you know that everyone knows that fact about Pac-Man because of Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> I'm going to bring up Scott Pilgrim again and how much I don't like that movie. You don't like that movie? No. Justin. No. I got to tell you. Why? I <sighs> Michael Sarah, eh. there's no, there's eh. no way. I'm sorry, eh. there's no eh. way that like you would have that many people thirsting over Michael Sarah. 
Justin Counter. Counter. He plays the bass guitar. Um, you're right. You know. You know. But Justin, I've I've been in bands long enough to know <laughs> that you give you give some fucking nobody a bass guitar, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what he's playing. He's playing the fight song from Final Fantasy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You give anyone a bass guitar, and by the way, the bass guitar he has in Scott Pilgrim is like a two thousand dollar bass. It's like a very, very, very nice bass guitar. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what were we saying? Puck Man. Puck Man. Because they, they would change it into Fuck Man, but then also, uh, Puck Man. Was he say like it wasn't just Puck because he's shaped like a puck, but also because Puku Puku means to flap your mouth wildly in Japanese. I don't know if that's true. I imagine it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I guess, like, I don't know what this is. Like, a live-action Pac-Man game. Um, I guess my question for you is, like, do you think this is a Pac-Man, like, a live-action movie about Pac-Man? Or do you think this is a live-action movie about the video game Pac-Man? In the same way that, like, The Wizard was a live-action movie about Mario 3? I mean, it could be like Tron when they start off like in an arcade and then they get sucked into yeah, okay. the Pac-Man thing because yeah. that would be a frightening world to be to be a part of. Just like going down each hallway, look, look, looking around the corner, yeah. giant, giant ghosts following. Can you, you imagine if you're like in a corn maze and you like you go around the corner, and you just see this giant oh, yellow hungry ball just rolling at you. Oh, maybe that's what it is. It's kind of like a squid game or like a hunger game sort of thing where they throw a bunch of people into the maze. And if you can get out, if you can find a cherry, yeah. you, you get to to live and if not you're gonna get eaten by pac-man i mean maybe it is a horror movie maybe that's the genre we're going for didn't we get a pac-man movie called pixels pac-man was in it i don't know if it was about about it but do you think that that has counted as a live action pac-man like is that what they're going to consider like a cg (laughs) scaly thing adam sandler ass (laughs) like uh yeah i mean uh, i don't I don't know. This is the kind of thing that for me is like, um, we'll see if, I mean, I'll watch this when it comes out to be like, hey, y'all, the Pac-Man movie came out, um, but I hope it's bad. <laughs> I hope it's really bad. Like, I just don't know what the, I just don't know what world we're in where this movie is like really good. Uh, you know, In the world where probably the best video game movie ever to come out is Sonic maybe yeah sonic 3 by the way got a release date Ooh. december 20th like 2024 we got some time for that did you see sonic 2 did you see sonic i haven't 1? seen any of them but i just i hear i hear they're good um they're good when you go with your friends to go see the sonic movie they're, like i wouldn't recommend like justin you gotta go like devote a night to watching the sonic movies yeah I'm, you it'll know? probably hard to focus on as i'm on my phone switch podcast drum yeah, music yeah, yeah. food microwave music. dog yes, out yes yeah, dog yeah, it, yeah. Be, it might be hard to do that you're right yeah um although that is basically the experience of watching those movies <laughs> like it's just a lot um but yeah so there you go those are that is the news let's dip in for a moment i know what you've been playing you know what i've been playing we're all on that xenoblade chronicles 3 grind here uh, I'm about, I just broke 40 hours. I will say I'm hitting a little bit of a wall. It could be because I've been doing nothing but playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 in my free time. Um, and I, I'm getting a little tired. Like, it is a little overwritten. Where just, like, everyone's saying stuff constantly. And there's just, like, always stuff. Uh, which, you know, hey, I don't necessarily... Like, that's not the worst thing in the world. But sometimes it's a little unnecessary. We talked before we started recording about, like... 
there's a part of the main quest where you have to like talk to a Nopon, go talk to a person who has something for the Nopon, go back, talk to the Nopon, go to bed, go back, talk to the Nopon. And it's like an hour of just like walking for no reason. Like it doesn't advance the plot. It doesn't do anything for characters. It's just like this weird roadblock that they need before they give you a boat. Um, but how are you feeling about it, man? I think I think the problem the problem that you like mentioned with that I think when the game becomes linear is when the game doesn't sing. Yeah. The game is Agreed. at its best when you're in an open space and you have a couple question marks that you can choose that side mission or you're exploring this area over here or you're just trying to get to somewhere in a big world and you're not quite sure how even though you're following the thing it's just like what am I going to find around along the way. Um, mm-hmm. So when you do get to these very like story heavy parts. Um, it's a little like, uh, okay. Cause some of the story is amazing specifically like the end of the end of most chapters. Um, yeah, they're awesome. And even, even the start of chapter five, I'm not going to tell like spoil what happens, but like the reveals, let's say are interesting because you go, Hmm. Well, I guess I never thought of it like yeah. that before. Huh? Yeah. I guess these people haven't thought about it like that either. Um, but yes, some of the, when it's just like, go do this side quest and it's like the side quest sucks. It's like, all right. Yeah. All right. Fine. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, so like, I definitely, it's like one of those things, like, did the game need to be this long? No. And you could have just gone to the knob on and they could have just given you the boat. Right. Like there are ways to have gone about this that you could have still made that if that was a side quest, right. That you had to do that and you got some like reward for it. I buy that as a side quest, but when yeah. you're forced to kind of do that through the main story, um, it's like, and there are some scaling issues with it in terms of like your level, because I feel like if you just play through the story, you're not going to quite be leveled enough, but if you do everything, yeah. you're going to be over leveled until you're yeah. not <laughs> And like, it's really not fun to play the game. If you're too powerful or too weak. Like there's that yes, like agreed. there's a couple level like if your main quest is like your, the the monsters you're coming to are at level forty five, if you're at level fifty, not fun. If you're at level forty, too hard. <laughs> you know, like yep. it's a it's just a fine line that you're kind of weaving that whole the whole game. Um, so that's why I understand the the bonus XP mechanic, but it it's like one of those things like yeah, you can have a hundred fifty hour RPG, but the main story could have been streamlined to a way that made this game like just like the perfect story because I still love the world. I love the story. One of my favorite um, sections um, in the game, it's part of the main story, but it's also a hero quest um, in which you go to a settlement that's decided they don't, they, they can just survive. And if they don't have enough creatures to kill, they might not just survive. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they have like all, like there's so many parts in the game that have a lot of the things about like, when is it worth fighting? When is it worth living? How do you live life to your fullest? What do you do if you're, you know, you only have so much like the themes are so deep and rich in it, but you don't get that all the time. 80% of the time. But then there's that 20% that you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it is still a, a good game. It's just, I feel like, um, so actually, I wrote a review of it on Game Skinny. I don't know if it's up at this point or not, but I'll, I'll throw it into our Discord channel uh, when it goes up. But like, I kind of like the game despite a lot of things. Um, like, I think you know, you've got these annoying voice lines. You've got not the existence of Nopons. You've got like um, 
a world that is like not fun to like it's fun to explore but not fun to like run around in like there's just not like a lot of like at one point you can like slide down a sand hill and i was like oh that was awesome because it was just something new (laughs) um you know or like the zip lines like those are fun like that's new but like they're just not you know they're they exist in like one or two areas so far and then like it's pretty contextual um I, I like it a lot in spite of a lot of those sorts of things, but um, I am liking it. I, I, it's my goal to finish the game. I think I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, I've done enough side quests. I'm going to do as many hero quests as I can get. Cause usually those are one good to, they, you know, change up the gameplay, um, which I, in the, in the span of like an hour and a half, I got three new ones um, yesterday. Cause I went out and just found some new quests for them. Um, but uh I think I'm going to just try and mainline it so that I can just get through it and be able to like say I finished it and I liked it and here's why. Yeah. I, and I'm going to uh, keep playing it. I still like it a lot. And I think that I still enjoy doing it. Um, and I, I part, I, the biggest issue for me, I think is just the, the game. And this sounds like a very negative and I don't think it's as negative as I'm going to make it sound. It really doesn't respect your time. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> yes, because that makes it sound like, oh, then I'm never going to play right, this. Exactly. Like for me personally, if someone was like, well, the game doesn't really right, respect your time, right. I'm like, oh, cool, then I will not play right. it. Um, but yeah, w- with side quests, like what we were just talking about, where it's like, you know, that's fine if that's side content, because like, I guess, like, <laughs> jokes on you you went and did the sides <laughs> um, but the fact that it's like all right like time to grind this game to a halt go talk to people for an hour yeah and it's like n- it's like you don't learn anything it's like new characters are introduced that you'll never talk to ever again like right like i didn't feel like that respected my time to do that um but it's fun yeah it's like uh, it, it, <laughs> but it's but like there's fun stuff it, in it, too. it doesn't respect your time as a gamer who has a lot of other things you want to fill your time with correct, like, correct this is like something that if you got one video game a year like this would fill a lot of that time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know like um this could be something that if you play for a couple hours a week could last you the whole year legitimately um yeah. and like there's good stuff to it but as just someone who has like a lot of stuff to do and a lot of things like that, like even just playing this game for a half hour doesn't really like get you in it enough to like get into it. Right. But. And like for me personally, obviously I'm not, you know, we, we play games a little bit differently than like I think average people because we're trying to like, you know, get through so many and talk about them and whatever. Uh, it's the sort of thing where it's like, all right, it is crunch time at the Xenoblade factory where I need to play this game and finish it. Otherwise, it's going to never get finished, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, apparently, though, this is the final in a trilogy, but it's not the last Xenoblade game. But uh, who is this? Um, Takahashi someone. Um, one of the producers of the game. Yeah, uh, uh, Tatsuya Takahashi, who's a senior director for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, gave a little statement saying, you know, thanks for thanks for supporting the game. Uh, this is the conclusion of the Xenoblade trilogy, but there will be more Xenoblade games in the future. They also clarify, like, that doesn't mean anything soon. Uh, we are, some of us are working on Breath of the Wild 2 right now because they helped with um, the development of the first one. But, so we're still a ways off from whatever they're going to do next. Obviously, also, they just released a 150-hour game. But, um, yeah, what do you, I guess, 
I don't get the fact that this is a trilogy because I just haven't played the other ones, but I also, this feels like it stands alone. But um, I know you were revealing some of the smaller details to me about like, oh, here's how these are connected. How do you feel about this being the end of a trilogy? Um, cool. Uh, I think at a certain point, like uh, games that are this dense, if you just keep making the trilogy a four part, a five part, it does become less and less accessible for people just to jump in. Um, yeah. And like, from what I hear, as the game progresses, it ties up some of the other threads pretty well. Um, okay. Like, do you have any questions as to why the world looks like a bunch of creatures just like slept on top of each other to form the world you're in? Have you did you wonder that? Do you do you know? Do you wonder why I that mean, sword just, is there? Like, do you do you think? I just figured it was like this is the video game. Is that the Xenoblade? I was wondering what the Xenoblade is, what? or is it what what Noah has? I mean, no, not really. Like, uh, like the the that's i i think what noah has like part of that is part of the monado which is part of like a weapon that you get in xenoblade one which is like a special thing and then also they hint at things like the monado is based on a person and and like the because the in the original in xenoblade chronicles 2 okay the there's a relationship between a blade and a human or uh, okay. uh, it's wielder, right? And the blades are like personified people, uh, things that yeah. like are connected to them. Then in Xenoblade One, you have this thing called the Monado, which is a, like mythical weapon that it's also kind of hinted at that that was also a blade at one point, and there's like a connection with that, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, okay. So they're going to probably tie some of that stuff up. I I'm interested as this stuff goes on, what is the stuff that I'm going to be looking at being like, damn, that's cool, having played the other games, versus you, who has no real context of the other two games, if it's going to start to make no sense. Because even in like Xenoblade 2, because I beat two before I beat one. Like the end talks about this whole thing. Like in the statement, they talk about this Klaus experiment thing. That's like a big deal in the Xenoblade world. You probably have no idea what that is. Yep, this title depicts the conclusion of the Xenoblade story that began with the Klaus experiment. Yeah, yeah. and when I was playing um, <laughs> Xenoblade 2, there's a guy, like a half guy. I'm like, why is there a half guy here? <laughs> like, I was very confused as to, like, all that kind of stuff. But then, like, getting the lore and stuff like that, they there's a lot. But that's what I mean. Like, if they keep going with this to make it more than a trilogy, eventually it's going to be so unwieldy that no one's going to be able to follow it. So I think it's a good choice. Bring back Xenoblade Chronicles X, please. You're telling me, man. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe that. Maybe are we the Xenoblades the whole time? Is that the twist? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you you can be you can be the driver. I'll be the I'll be the blade. I guess I don't know what that means, but I trust you, and I I like you, so like yeah, you know yeah. Um, I, I will say, so I've been playing exclusively Xenoblade, but I did dip into, uh, now that I have this, the PlayStation backbone, I was like, how do PlayStation 5 games work on this? Uh, I had a theory. Uh, you want to know? Sure. They don't play very well. Oh. They're not very good on, on this. Because uh, this is not a backbone. This is not a dual sense. Oh. So, uh, did you try Returnal? I tried all sorts of shit. <laughs> uh, so, you, so, like, yeah, this is an official PlayStation controller. And um, it isn't good for playing PlayStation 5 games. The fact that they're, like, they're marketing this as, I mean, this is like the PlayStation 5 colors of the DualSense, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, the buttons are the colors that are on the DualSense. Um, like, this is supposed to be a DualSense, kind of, but it's not. Uh, you cannot play Astro's Playroom with this. Like, full stop. 
you can run around in the world, but you remember how like they're all the ones that are where you turn into like a spring thing and you've got to like tilt the controller. There is no none of that in this. Um, if you do that controller demo at the beginning of the game, uh, like out of six things, like only two of them work. And I'm going to count the controllers as working because they can actually read the inputs. But like you can't blow into it because there's no, you know, microphone. You can't uh, feel the rumble because there's no microphone uh the touchpad there's no touchpad on this so you have to like you know touch the screen like twice and whatever um and th- so like y- that game is just straight up not playable uh returnal you can play you have to use the alternate control scheme so that uh, right out the big the gate is kind of weird um but you're miss- still missing like a lot of what the other things that the game that the controller is doing that isn't just the con- that isn't just the triggers like um that 3d audio of like when your alternate fire mode is like cooled down, that sound just like isn't in there. I assume you can probably switch it around in the settings, but like, you know, you're not getting the like sound. Um, the rumble, like I said, isn't there. So like a lot of the the smaller details, like of the the pitter patter of the rain, are just gone. Um, this is actually a surprise. Like I, I knew that this wasn't going to be a dual sense because like that's what they've said like all over everything. Like hey, don't expect to get all those features, whatever. Um, but it was still a little bit surprising how lacking this thing actually is. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, in my experiences, like I I don't want it, like it's not quite just the backbone that lacks in that. I think any kind of remote play thing that you're trying to deal with that, unless you have of like course. specifically your dual sense, can you connect your dual sense to a phone? Yeah. And does it work with okay. does it work with um the streaming? The I don't know, I'd have to So and that's a thing too. It's like it's not easy. That this 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 goes into the Nintendo thing about how without the dual sense, some of these games are gonna be really hard to be preserved in the future. Um yeah. like, you know, if you don't have a dual touchscreen, it's hard to play some uh, 3DS games. Um just like this, it's gonna be hard to play a game like Astro's Playroom in the future with preserving and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's something that Sony's going to have to think about going when they design their next controller. Um, but also it is annoying that as the backbone is PlayStation branded, it really is not like anything more than a coat of paint. Right. If this was just a coat of paint and there was, they were like, I don't know. The fact that this is an official PlayStation product is like, Hey, this is kind (laughs) of misleading. Yeah. Cause like, you know, but um, uh, at the end of the day, it's still backbone, as we said last yeah, week. Yeah. Like, and the backbone is still like super dope. So, and again, depending on what you're playing, it's the, you can still do like your remote play through that. You know, th- some things can work pretty well. Like, I've been playing a lot of multiverses in, with my backbone, um, and yeah, for that being a game that is a competitive, fast-paced fighter, um, I have not an issue playing online with that game. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll say this: any game that like any PS4 game works fine. Yeah. It just like works perfectly fine. It is the PlayStation five exclusive titles that simply do not work on this controller. Uh, and if they do, they feel like they're severely lacking. Yeah. Um, so just something to keep in mind if you're, you're planning on picking it up, but still backbone and the backbone is still awesome. So I love backbone. Yeah, Justin, I think that's our show. What <gasps> do you think? I think so. I think we had a, we had a good yeah. run. We had a good run of it. We had a good run. Technical issues. Those are maybe the best. That you might, that, if you're listening, you might not even know that we had them. That's the mat, Justin. That's like the magic of like audio. Like <laughs> it's like movie magic, you know. Um, Conversely, if you're watching this on YouTube, you will notice them. <laughs> you will fucking notice because it'll be like 
some some jump cuts in the middle of the episode there. Um, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to give us like more support than just like listening to this, which again, hey, we love that. I'm not saying you need to do anything. I'm not your dad or your your uh, any other guardian, you know, of yours. I'm not telling you what to do, but I am saying if you feel so inclined, go ahead and head out, head on over to patreon.com slash hitboxpod where you can support us monetarily. We've got a $1 option that gets your name in the episode description, and I'm probably just going to read them all off every week. I forgot last week, but, like, hey, it's not in the actual Patreon tier. This is, like, a little a bonus, bonus for perk. Jay Noel, Dave parker um who are deluxe podcast producers for three dollars a month uh that also gets access to an additional 30 minute episode every single week this week we're talking more multiverses um we're gonna fight each other and justin's gonna win because i don't you, i'm not practicing you don't, at the game. You don't know that you i i i, I think I, there is enough of like uh i think the game it makes it so it's it's not in like if someone's way better than you, but not sure. like combo better, it'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be close. Okay. Well, what I'm trying to say is there's, uh, I, excuse my language, a metric fuck ton of content on there. And it's, we've only been doing it for like, like seven, seven weeks or something like that. And, and there's, I mean, that's another like three, four hours of content. It's a lot. Um, should you feel so inclined? Yeah. Uh, but also, Hey, if you're just listening to this, that's good too. Uh, if you're interested, you can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod or join us on our discord server. That is uh, linked in the description as well. Until then, you can probably, Oh, follow us on YouTube as well. We've been posting tons of podcast clips. Uh, you can see our faces there. Uh, if that's your thing. Yeah. We look like this. Um, and uh yeah that's you know just type in hitbox with an exclamation mark on on in youtube you can see justin's cool breath of the wild mug yep. that's the that's um, the the only that that's only for people watching the video it's a special yeah look at that i can see it look at um that was a mistake that was a mistake it was cold it's bad it's old it was cold <laughs> why did I do that i've got i've got a bionicle right here well, um, find out what cool. color the bionicle is if you watch the video Oh, but if you're a Bionicle nerd, you'll know him by his name, Lewa or Lua. Unclear. <laughs> never heard it spoken before. You didn't watch the series? Uh, if there was, had there been a TV show about it, like back in the day, like they ended up doing one, I would have watched the hell out of it. But um. anyway, hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to play with this Bionicle for a little while. Always remember, old games are old. We'll catch you next week. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>